I want to invite you to grab your copy of God's Word this morning. Join me in Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3 this morning. We'll look at verses 14 through 21 in a message entitled, Abundantly More. Lewis Carroll wrote Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. You've probably seen the cartoon. You've seen the pictures. You are probably familiar with the story, but there's one part of the story I think is pertinent for us this morning as we think through the future here at North River Church. Alice is journeying through And she comes to a point, and she's trying to figure out which direction she needs to go. And she meets the Cheshire cat, and she asks the Cheshire cat, would you please tell me which way I should go from here? The Cheshire cat smiles and responds, well, that really depends a good deal on where you want to get to. And Alice's response was, I don't much care where. And the Cheshire cat said, then it doesn't matter which way you go. You'll eventually get somewhere. If you don't care where you're going, it doesn't matter which direction you take. The reality is for us as a church family, there is a future, a direction, a guide that I believe God wants us to take. And so this morning, as we look at Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, a passage that has been pivotal in the life of our church family, what I want to do this morning, hopefully, is to lay out from a 30,000-foot view the direction, the future, the direction that we are going as a church family. And then some practical steps for how we get there. I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in verse 14 this morning. This is God's word. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Father, we ask this morning that you would open our eyes that we would be able to see that you would open our ears, that we would be able to hear, and that you would open our hearts and our minds, that we would be ready to respond to your word and to your spirit. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, 
Amen. If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write down this main idea that will frame our time together as we look in the text, as we look at our church family, as we look at the future. It's this reality, people who have experienced the love of God have a passion for people to experience the love of God. People who have experienced the love of God have a passion for people to experience the love of God, which means for us as a faith family, if we have experienced the love of God, which we have in Christ Jesus, then we should be passionate and give our lives to and be certain that this church is about people experiencing the love of God just like us. You know, it's interesting that Paul is going to emphasize this in verses 14 through 15, or verse 19 this morning as we look at the text. You know, it comes on the heels of Paul being very clear about the mystery of the gospel that has been revealed, that the gospel message of Jesus Christ, his life, his death, his resurrection, not only was for the Jews, but also for the Gentiles. It was for every single person that draws breath, the hope that is found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Paul has emphasized that in the first part of chapter 3. In verse 14, he says, for this reason, this reason that the gospel is for everyone, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Verse 17, so that Christ would dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love would have strength to comprehend with all the saints the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you would be filled with all the fullness of God. Paul's prayer for these believers in this important city is that they would get it. I mean, when you read what Paul says here, it's really fascinating because Paul is in essence saying, I just want you to grasp the reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ at work in your life. I just want you to get it. I just want you to understand it. I want you to grasp a hold of the reality of God's love directed towards you, of Jesus Christ dying for you, the gospel transforming your life. I mean, in essence, Paul is just saying, I, I just wish you could just grab a hold of that. Wish you could hold the reality of that in the palm of your hands to be able to, to see it and experience it and know it and rejoice in it and revel in it and comprehend what God has done through Christ in your life. And church family, that's my prayer for all of us as followers of Jesus this morning. 
You, know, you can put it very, very simply. The Christian life is about grasping the reality of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Of understanding His love for us. You know, what's interesting about that is, if we do that, it doesn't stop with us. If we begin to grasp the reality of what Jesus Christ has done in us, the natural result of that is that we will passionately desire other people to experience what we have experienced. Which means for us as a church family, for us as individual believers, our heartbeat, our desire is that we would begin to grasp the reality of what Christ has done for us, not so that we can just sit back and go, wow, we're a pretty big deal in God's eyes, but that we would look and say, I want other people to experience that reality too. Which brings us to the community in which we live. These some graphics that will pop up here for you just to, to look at some maps of where we are as a church family, our location. If you look at that map, that is our community that's set before us right there. The next one will show our location within this community. That's where we are. That's where you drove this morning. And you know this as well as I do. Our community is rapidly growing. Now for some of you, you're like, I know, Pastor, I have to drive on these ill-equipped roads around us. I mean, I'm in traffic every morning for an hour just to try to get my kids to school or just to try to get to work. We need 72 lanes more in this community than we have right now. But look just real quick. These are the communities just right now that are popping up around us. That's just that are building now. That's not the communities that are planned. Right now, there are over 100,000 homes planned in this community in which we live. Which means on average, we'll at least have over the next generation coming into our community, 200 plus thousand people. You thought traffic was bad. Add that many more people on the roads. And when people share their concerns with me about traffic and man, this community just doesn't look like what it used to. Can I just let you in on a secret? As a pastor of a church that's interested in reaching people, I'm like, bring them. Bring more. Not so that we can just have more people, but so that more people will experience the love of Christ that we have experienced. Because those 200,000 people that are coming, many of them, probably most of them, don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And so our church is positioned in a location 
to be a witness to the love of Christ that's available for every single person who comes into this community. It is an incredible privilege and opportunity that is set before us. In fact, there's nowhere else I would rather be. And there's no other group of people that I would rather be joined in this mission with than the body of believers here at North River Church. As you look at Paul's beginning here, it's interesting to me that in verses 14 through verse 19, he says, I just, I just wish you could get it. Just grasp it. I mean, just, just a little bit, the love of Christ. Because he knows that if we grasp that, if those believers in Ephesus grasp that, that they would be passionate for other people to grasp that. And if you notice what Paul does following that, in verses 20 and 21, Paul is going to pull the curtain back for a bit. And as he does that in the text, my desire is to do that here as a church family, just to Peel the curtain back for a bit and to say, here's where we're going. Notice what Paul says in verse 20, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. Now look at that because on the heels of Paul saying, I just, I just wish you could grasp it. Just the reality of what Christ has done for you, the love that God has for you. I just, I just wish you could wrap your arms around that for just a bit. Because if we could, we would realize that God is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. Abundantly more. I just want to take a moment as we think about that first point that God desires to do abundantly more than all we ask or think. He did that in the city of Ephesus, a city that was given over to the worship of a false god, a city that the primary income earned in that city was as people were making idols to sell to this false god. And yet the gospel of Jesus Christ so penetrated this city that it turned it upside down for the gospel of Jesus Christ. God did abundantly more than all they could have asked or thought. The reality is he desires to do that with us as well. As we think about the future, I can't help but look at the past of how God has done that in the past here at North River Church. If you're new to North River, you may not know this, but North River Church is only 12 years old. And if you know the statistics about churches that are started, 80% of churches that are planted don't make it after year five. They closed their doors. And yet God's faithfulness to North River Church has been evident in that 12 years later, here we are. 
Not only that, but in the past, we met down the road at Williams Elementary School. We are already past that at this point in in a way that I have somewhat forgotten about that. The setup and the teardown. The air conditioners that didn't work. The times we had to close because of hurricanes or any other number of things that came up on the calendar and we just got kicked out. And yet God's faithfulness to allow ministry to take place there and to bless us with this property that we're in right now. Ten years of God's faithfulness on display, meeting there at the school, purchasing this piece of property, building a building in the probably worst time that you could ever imagine trying to build. We started January 1 of 2020. There were moments mid-2020 where I thought, nobody's going to show up the first Sunday. We're done. Yet God's faithfulness on display. God's faithfulness in giving us a $1 million grant that helped make this possible here at North River Church. We have seen God's work more abundantly than all we could ask or imagine. We've seen that over the last two years specifically. The last two years at North River Church, I can only describe as a God thing. There's no other explanation for it. I've had conversations with other pastors who have said, what are y'all doing? I said the same thing we were doing down the road. And yet we've seen over 50 baptisms in the last two years. We've seen people come to faith in Christ. We've seen over 150 people join North River Church and call this home. We've grown 120% in the last two years as a church family. And let me put the cookies on the bottom shelf for you. That's not normal. Every pastor I talk to is like, can we swap spots? And the reality is it's nothing that we've done. It has totally been a work of God here. If you look at some of the charts that are popping up here just to show the worship attendance, the green is where we are right now compared to 2020 and 2021. It continues to increase. If you look at the next chart that shows giving, giving continues to increase The Lord has done abundantly more than all we could ask or think. It's been a fun ride. And yet, I am absolutely confident it's not over. That moving forward, God wants to do abundantly more than all we could ask or think. As a church family... I want you to know that your staff believes that. We believe that God wants to do abundantly more than we can ask or think. And I want you to join us in that belief that God can do abundantly more than all we ask or think. As I've thought through that, as we as a staff have talked through that, for me there's 
three categories as we move forward as a church family that I want to highlight for us as we think about God doing abundantly more than we ask or we think. The first of those is ministry. What does it look like for God to do abundantly more than all we could ask or think when it comes to ministry here at North River Church? I want you to know these are the, these are the 30,000 foot view categories that I'm thinking through, that we're praying through, that I want you as a church family to buy into as we move forward. The first of those is multi-generational impact. North River Church has always been blessed with a ton of kids. What's been cool over the last 10 years is that a number of those kids have become teenagers, which means as we sit right now, there are a ton of kids every single Sunday and a ton of teenagers every single Sunday that come to North River Church. What's been interesting is as the years have gone by, we've also seen an increase, an influx here at the church of those who I would say thanks Miss Connie, prime timers, our seasoned saints, our senior adults, that group has grown as well, which means that within the church family here, we have people from the cradle to almost the grave. It's reality, right? Some of y'all are thinking, I'm getting closer, Pastor. I'm praying for more babies, right? But I want you to notice that for us as a church family, we have the opportunity to impact generations here. Which means for our little ones, it's training them and helping them to see the love of Christ so that they would come to faith in Him, trust in Him for their salvation and live lives to the glory of God. It's for our teenagers at the most pivotal moment in their life for most of them that we would come alongside them and encourage them and equip them to step into this world that is often hostile to the gospel, but they would be strong as they enter into this world, that they would live for Jesus in a world where it's really difficult to live for Jesus. And then for our empty nesters and for our senior adults, that you would not look and say, I'm done now, but that you would look and we as a church family would equip you to, in your latter days, make an impact for the kingdom of God. Multi-generational impact here at North River Church. What that means is it includes every single one of us. There's not one of us that's exempt from this. There's not one of us that can say, Pastor, I've already finished. Until I preach your funeral, you are not done at North River Church. We still have work that God desires for us to do. There are still people that God desires for you to invest your life in. We are going to continue as a church family moving forward to focus on multi-generational impact. 
Not only that, we're going to focus on missions, engagement, and mobilization. Over the past year, we've had the opportunity to meet with a missions team to begin to put the strategy together of how we move forward as a church family to to make sure that we are not simply focused on what happens within these walls, but we are focused on what is going on in this community in which we live and the world around us that we have an opportunity to make an impact in. And so for us as a church family, moving forward, I want us to be crystal clear that we are about reaching the nations with the gospel of Jesus Christ, beginning in this community and going to the ends of the earth. You're going to see over the next months and years ahead, as we invest in that financially, the budget as we move forward is going to increase in the missions category. You're going to see that. You're going to have opportunities to give towards missions. You're going to have opportunities to go not only to other countries, but through ministry partnerships that we have in this community to invest your life in carrying the gospel of Jesus Christ to people in this community who need to hear that there is hope. It's been encouraging to be part of those conversations, but also as opportunities have rolled out over the last year to see you as a church family jump in to be a part of that. We're going to focus on missions, engagement, and mobilization. We're also going to focus on leadership development and equipping. Say, Pastor, what does that mean? We want to take the opportunity that is given to us to train not only our people who are small group leaders and who are leaders within our church family, to equip them and to train them, to give them a a better grasp of the scriptures and of leading in church world, but also for those I believe that God wants to call up to serve in full-time vocational ministry. We're at the beginning stages of a partnership with a seminary, the seminary that I went to, of being able to offer on our campus here classes and internships that we can help train the next generation of ministry leaders. That's leaders within our church family. That's leaders that we'll have an opportunity to send out from our church family which means for our life group leaders, which means for our deacons, which means for anyone a part of our church family. If you say, Pastor, I want to grow more in my understanding of Scripture. I want to grow in my understanding of church history and Christian leadership and things like that. We're going to have the opportunity for you to jump in and to be a part of that. But if you sit and you think, I think God's called me to serve in full-time vocational ministry, we want to take the opportunity to provide for you a pathway to do just that. Where we as a staff are able to invest in you, where you're able to gain credit hours that will count on your transcripts, whether college or seminary level, so that we have the opportunity to send out leaders from this body to make an impact for the kingdom moving forward. Not only that, We want to focus as we move forward on a biblical counseling center here at North River Church. One of the things that I hear more than you could probably imagine is, Pastor, where's a good counselor that I can go see? 
And we've had some partnerships in the past, but for me as a pastor at this church, I want us to be able to do that here, to be able to provide that opportunity here at North River Church, not only for our people, but for people in this community who need hope. And what we know is that hope is only found in Jesus Christ. They can go see any number of secular counselors and get to-do lists to try to fix things. But the reality is we know that apart from the gospel of Jesus Christ, truth transformation cannot take place. And so for us to be able to provide that as a service not only to our church family, but also to our community. So as we think about ministry moving forward, this is where I believe God wants to do abundantly more than we could ask or we could think. But let's think about as well facilities. As you think about what's happened over the last two years here at North River Church, when we built this facility, we had the experts tell us, expect about 20 to 30 percent growth, which if we had experienced 20 to 30 percent growth, this building would have been perfect. When you experience 120% growth, this building feels really small. We've done things, attempted to try to create space. You may not know this right now as you sit, but if you've noticed, the aisles have gotten gradually smaller. You notice that? Both on the interior and on the exterior of the rows. And the reason is, though we're staying compliant with code, we've got 36 inches everywhere going across, okay? We have added chairs in this room. There are 400 seats in here right now. And yet what we've seen through the last number of months is that there are moments where this feels packed. One of the ways that we want to seek to address our space concerns we shared with you last year was a student ministry building. If you look behind us before you leave this morning, you'll see that the work has begun on that. We are celebrating the fact that we finally made it through permitting and that over the next number of months, you're going to see this building come to life. Tomorrow, steel is going to be delivered. We're going to see that building come up. And the reality is our student ministry under Pastor Aaron's leadership is continuing to grow, continuing to reach teenagers. And we celebrate that and we invest in that. One of the beautiful things as your giving has continued to increase through the years and as you've continued to give to the building fund, it's enabled us at this point in time, barring any craziness, which you know the world in which we live, that that building is paid for. And we celebrate that. But the reality is for us, buildings are simply tools. They're not the goal. They're a tool that we use to do ministry. They're not the goal. So we have that student ministry building, but I want you to know that this is what it will look like. If you see the building that's there, and then the next slide will show you what that ultimately would be, still with some pavilion space out front. But We hope, we pray, and I'm pushing the buttons that I can that we're in that building sometime in January of 2023. And if it doesn't happen, we're going to fire people, okay? So I want you to know that. 
But that's one intermediate step. The next is a phase two building. Church family, we shared this with you when we started this construction project that we knew that this would not be enough. And that phase two building would be the next step behind where we are right now on our property. And so I want you to know that we are working through that process right now. In fact, we've got some preliminary architectural plans. That building in the front is where we are right now. That building behind that's about 26,000 square feet, houses a new worship space, houses offices for our staff. Um, it has classroom space as well, additional restroom space, and, and I don't know about you, but it has about five times the foyer space that we have out here, amen? It gets tight out there. But for us moving forward, this is phase two. If you look, you've got the interior layout of that as well. Just to give you a grasp, the blue there is a new worship space, yellow is offices, purple is classrooms, and then the beautiful pinkish space is our foyer. Doesn't that look wonderful? But again, additional space for us to continue reaching people here at North River Church. You say, Pastor, what is that going to cost? I'm glad you asked. Preliminary estimates right now, which again are like trying to nail jello to the wall, somewhere between six and eight million dollars, which is just something that God's going to have to do. You may be sitting here this morning, you say, Pastor, I'm ready to write that check. Let's do eight. <laughs> All right. But what we saw as we built this building was God provide in ways that we could have never dreamed through his people being faithful and also through external sources that we had no idea how it was going to happen. And so I want to challenge you this morning to be thinking and to begin giving now towards this phase two construction project. We'll do an official capital campaign spring of next year, but that doesn't mean that you can't start giving now. Above and beyond your regular tithe and offerings, you give towards this project as we move forward. And I want to challenge you with an end of year giving goal. Some of you are thinking end of year, above and beyond, we want to give. Here is an opportunity for you to do that. We are expecting that it's going to cost just to begin that project from architectural plans to site development work to meetings with Manatee County, somewhere around $100,000 to begin that project. So that's just from the start. And so I want to challenge you as a church family that we meet that goal by the end of this year to raise the funds that we need to start this project. And as we look forward, that you would begin now asking God, how can I be a part of what he's going to do here at North River Church? You say, what would that accomplish for us? It would double the size of our worship space. It would allow us, when you look across the ministry areas, to accommodate on our campus somewhere between 1,500 and 2,000 people in two services. And I want you to hear me. It does not matter how big we build. It will not be big enough for the amount of people who are coming into this community. It won't be. Which brings us 
to strategies as we move forward. First and foremost, we are going to adapt as we've had to do over the last two years. As God's continued to bring growth, we've had to make decisions. We've had to add seating. We've had to go to two services. We've had to do different things to be able to accommodate that. We've had to adapt, and we are going to continue to have to adapt. But here's my promise to you, church. We will never compromise God's word as we adapt. We will remain fixed and firm on the truth of what God's word tells us that we are to do. We will not compromise. It will likely cause us moving forward to have to move to three services on Sunday morning, which I just want you to know, Pastor Scott is terrified. Lauren, looking for workers to serve in our kids' ministry area, is a bit terrified. I am absolutely terrified. But here's the thing. We have seen God's faithfulness on display going from one service to two. I believe we'll see it from two services to three. And here's the thing. As a church family, we're not a three-service church. We're a two-service church. And one day, I hope we will be back to a two-service church. But in the meantime, as the church continues to grow, we likely will be moving to three services here as a church. That's going to require a lot of our staff. It's going to require a lot of you as well. And I want to encourage you that there is an end to that season. But would you be willing to commit to whatever it takes for us to continue reaching people for the gospel. And then the final part of the strategy, as I said before, doesn't matter how big we build, we'll eventually run out of space on this campus. Say, well, what's the answer? What's the response to that? Well, as I talked to you before about raising up leaders, leaders that we can send out, pastors that we can train and we can send out, my heartbeat, our staff's heartbeat is for us to be a church planting church. That throughout this community and beyond the walls of even Manatee County and moving forward, that we would be intentional about sending out leaders that can start other churches in the same way that North River Church was started 12 years ago which means for us as we move forward, what I can assure you of is that there are not going to be campuses spread throughout this community with my face on the screen. I've got a face for radio. It doesn't work. (laughs) But that we will have an opportunity to send out and support campuses that are in this community and beyond campuses that are supported by us with the eventual goal that they become self-sustaining congregations working just like we are as we were planted. Church family, God wants to do abundantly more than we ask or think. Say, how do we do this? Notice as he continues the second part of verse 20. According to the power at work within us. 
It does not matter how good our strategies are. It does not matter how good our buildings are. It does not matter how many people show up. Apart from the power of God at work, we are absolutely helpless. And hear me this morning. If we can do all of this in our strength and in our wisdom and through our efforts, it's going to be less than what God desires to accomplish through North River Church which means we are desperately in need of his power at work within us. To what end? Verse 21, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. This is not about you. This is not about me. This is not about our staff. This is about the name and the fame of Jesus Christ. And if you notice what he said there, it is throughout all generations. A generation's about 25 years And as I sit here before you, stand here before you this morning, next year I turn 40. Some of y'all are like, I thought you were already there, Pastor. A lot of gray to not be 40 yet. But 25 years from now, a generation from now, I'll have hung up my hat here at North River Church. But what God desires to do will not stop. The seeds that we plant today, the trees that we plant today will be here for generations for the glory of Jesus Christ. I want to ask you if you would, as we close out this morning, as we think about what God could do here at North River Church, As we close out this morning, I just simply want to remind us, it's really, really simple. People who have experienced the love of God have a passion for people to experience the love of God. Father, we ask this morning that you would give us a glimpse of Help us to grasp, to scratch the surface of your love for us. And that God, as we do as a church family, that you would give us a passion that other people in this community and beyond would experience the love of God. God, we trust you want to do abundantly more than we can ask or think. God, we lay ourselves on the altar right now and say, God, do it with us. Whatever it takes, whatever it costs, whatever commitment, we're willing. God, that you would strengthen us through your power as we journey ahead. And that God, at the end of the day, we would know we would proclaim it's for your name and your fame 
for generations. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church family, would you stand as we sing? Take this as an opportunity for you before the Lord to ask what it would look like for you to make this commitment as we move forward.